That smooth Christian jazz you're hearing means you've tuned in to Same Old Song, the lectionary podcast of Mockingbird Ministries. I'm your co-host, Aaron Zimmerman. I'll be joined by Jacob Smith as each week we break down the lectionary readings for the upcoming Sunday to give you something to think about, and if you're a preacher, to give you something to preach about, and no matter who you are, to give you a connection to the never-changing message of God's grace for actual people like you. Unzip that monogrammed faux leather Bible carrying case and cover, pull up a chair, and let's dig in. Well, we have begun our 40-day journey, and here we are on the first Sunday of Lent, taking a look at it. Uh, but before uh, we do that, um, how is your fasting going, Aaron? Would you like to show off? Ha! <laughs> Well, as we're recording this, it's not in Lent yet, so I'm just kind of wor- my working my way into it. I've uh, cut out anything that is chicken fried at this point. Uh, chicken fried steak, chicken fried chicken, chicken fried Twinkies, mm. and I'm just working my way. Next week, I'll cut the trans fats and uh, slowly work my way down the saturated fat no-no list. Uh, and by the end of it, by the time we hit... Um, Lent, I will be eating only legumes. So I'm doing all right, though. Thanks for asking. That's good. Praise the Lord. Yeah, a lot of lentils. That's good. A lot mm-hmm. of lentils. I will say That's for good. our listeners, I do have the COVID. So if you hear a little like I've got uh, the COVID, that's what you, yeah, I do. That's what you're hearing. So, yeah. but thank you. Aaron currently is. Aaron currently is unclean. <laughs> <laughs> I am outside the camp. I am wrapped in burlap. I've got ashes on my head, and I'm just scraping my sores with a potsherd. Yeah, but no, lucky for you, you live in Texas, where COVID is the state bird, and <laughs> um, and so anyway, um, but you're, it's great. Um, yeah, how are you doing, Jake? I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. Um, you know, just had a great annual meeting, and uh, and now we're uh, our faces are as Jesus's face was turned towards Jerusalem. Our face now is turned towards Lent and Ash Wednesday, and so we're getting ready for all of that. And, um, you know, uh, live in the dream, live in the dream. So. There it is, owner of a small dog. Hey, before we jump in, I just want to say thank you to everybody who listened or tuned in or who's listened after the fact to our preaching a gospel-focused sermon during Lent or crafting a gospel-focused sermon. (laughs) See, that's the COVID talking. Crafting a gospel-centered sermon during Mm. Lent. If you listened, if you tuned in, thank you so much for being part of that. We're really touched by all the folks who who turned out for that. Indeed. And also, we are looking forward to seeing all of you in New York at the end of April as we gather for an in-person Mockingbird Conference in New York City, first time in many years. So go to ember.com. And, and uh, register, get all the info And there, request a special ticket for the live Same Old Song recordings, right? That's right. <laughs> A VIP pass is what you'll yeah. want. Yeah, just uh, you can uh, email Mockingbird and say, I'd like the VIP pass. So uh, to the... Oh, and please keep sending more WD-40 to Jake. He needs more. That's right, yeah. So, um, yeah, <laughs> it's actually funny because people have been and they're just collecting on, I my, know, that's uh, what I'm saying. on my bookshelf. I just want to see a wall of it behind you. I think that was what the one, one of the one stars we got on our... Um, on our review, it's like there's this guy and he's got this squeaky chair and someone needs to take care of it. Clearly not a professional podcast. And uh, that's part of our authentic charm. That's right. 
That is yeah, right. Yeah, clearly it's not. We never claim to be professional. Uh, we don't know what we're doing. Um, well, All good. Right. Well, let's just jump in. And uh, we're, today our readings are Deuteronomy 26, verses 1 through 11, uh, Romans 10, 8b to 13, and then Luke chapter 4, verses 1 through 13, which is Jesus uh, taking on the devil in the wilderness, which is the traditional reading for um, the first Sunday in Lent. So... Um, yeah, so uh, Deuteronomy 26, verses 1 through 11. Here I am, a wandering Aramean was my ancestor. Uh, what do you think about that? Your mother was a hamster and your father smelt of elderberries. <laughs> so this <laughs> is a passage, uh, and it is, it is good to note for our listeners that during this season of Lent, that the readings really jump around a lot. It's thematic. You're not going through any book in any sort of chronological order, except kind of, kind of Luke a little bit. Uh, but the the Old Testament readings are going to go Deuteronomy this week, Genesis, then Isaiah, then Joshua. Anyways, it's going to bounce around. Same with the New Testament readings. It's going to be a, just a buffet of sort of mostly Pauline writings. So if you're looking to tell a consistent narrative, don't. If you're looking to tie themes, do. So the theme here in the Deuteronomy reading is this idea of being an outcast and yet being saved by God and just tying it together, looking forward a little bit. One of the, idea, one of the ideas in the Romans passage is that we're all the same before God, Jew and Greek and all that. Um, but I think the thing that I would tie in here, and again, a thematic link to the New Testament reading, there's gospel reading, which we'll get to, Jesus is going to be tempted in the desert, and here we get Israel hearing again, and the, your congregation hearing the story of Israel's desert wanderings. And so there's, in this Deuteronomy reading, an idea of having arrived, and kind of a grand opening celebration. We've arrived in the promised land, we've been here long enough that we can plant and now harvest. And so what we do is we have a celebration. We take the first fruits and we offer that to the Lord. There's a stewardship sermon in there somewhere, but that's not the real reason we're looking at this passage here. What we're told is that when you have this grand opening celebration and you have the ribbon cutting and you go up and now the local dignitaries are going to make their speeches, they're not supposed to say, hey, we're so great. We got the promised land. We've achieved. Look at what we've done. Aren't we impressive? You're supposed to actually remember all the crap you went through and all the hard times you went through and that you don't have an impressive pedigree. Your ancestor was a wandering Aramean and you were enslaved and then you had to run away and then you were wandering for a really long time and basically God is the only one who has gotten you to this point. And so it's a it's a recollection not of your greatest hits but of sort of God's greatest hits and your lowest points. Uh, and so that's something that you can preach on, I think, that uh, says that the spiritual life, in, and especially as we're th thinking about it in Lent, is not what we normally think of it as, is like, let me let me buy more crystals, let me learn more how to use the tarot deck, let me uh, go deeper into my um, arcane practices, and the Christian versions of all those things. Let me just achieve more merit badges, uh, and that will get me in a spiritually good place. And that's not the case here. We are definitely, we see here what we see all throughout the scriptures, that it's that in being brought low is where we tend to find our salvation and call on the name of the Lord. Yeah, I think that's a very, that's a, that's a very important point. And there they are on the edge of the promised land. And uh, they are reminded um, um, of, 
of who they actually are, not who they think they should be. You know what I mean? This is a ragtag nation of refugees. And uh, it's really easy when you're coming into the promised land and coming into a new chapter of your life to think about how amazing you are. But real spirituality begins with, yeah, I think who you actually are as opposed to who you think you should be. And here God is reminding them of his faithfulness and, uh, and, um, faithfulness to them. So who they are, but more glorious who God actually is and all that he's done for them. So uh, we end with this message that together you celebrate what God has done for you and you bow down before the Lord your God. You do this with the Levites, meaning the priestly class, and the aliens who reside among you. So the foreigners are involved in this as well. And the Israelites are supposed to remember that they themselves are foreigners, and that's the wandering Aramean bit. And uh, which then is kind of when we call to jump ahead and out of the Romans passage where it says there's no distinction between Jew and Greek. The same Lord is Lord of all. That's the, that's the idea. That's the thematic link here between the Deuteronomy reading and the Romans reading. That is interesting and important, but probably not going to connect much with your congregation to just emphasize the oneness of all humanity. Because that is true. Uh, that we should care for the foreigner and the outcast. That is true, but I think at this time in our history when everybody is exhausted, traumatized, uh, dealing with all the uncertainty of the last two plus years of the pandemic and just the problem of being human in general, uh, you want to make sure you preach something that will connect um, to the person, to the individual. And, and, and I think when we get to the Romans passage here, we have this great encapsulation, kind of uh, just diluted, or, or not diluted, the opposite, like concentrated gospel little nugget here um, where, where Paul says, if you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God is raised from the dead, you will be saved. Uh, he doesn't say if you, you know, Climb, Do amazing climb. Lenten disciplines yeah. and all of that. And I think that's where this passage really, like the rubber hits the road, is, um, is uh, you know, kind of going back to forgetting who we actually are. You know, we are people who need to be saved. And um, and so often, I think, especially in our traditions, like, you know, there there is a real disappointment when uh, your Lenten discipline breaks down, especially only four days in, you know, and then on Sunday, you're like, oh, but it's Sunday, so I guess it's all, you know what I mean? And all of this stuff, and it's really easy to become, and in light of COVID, too, I mean, everything's been torn down, and everything is falling apart from what I see, and um, salvation is anything but, I mean, gosh, we've got to endure this and continue to endure this, etc., etc., etc. And this is a very powerful, as you said, concentrate reminder of what the Christian faith is all about. It's not about what you do. It's about what we confess and what we believe. And uh, the powerful thing is, as we said, if God is the protagonist, then uh, all the more so, as Paul says, using scripture to back up his argument, uh, no one who believes in him will be put to shame. And indeed, uh, the point is, is that you will, uh, both Jew and Greek, uh, will be vindicated in this name when they're raised from the dead. Yeah, and I think it's important here to note that Paul is not giving us a two-step formula to, That's to right. get your ticket punched to go to heaven, in that a lot of people treat this as sort of, uh, you know, 
the instructions on the back of your microwave pizza, like step one, peel back the foil wrap. Step two, put it in like 30 minutes on high or 30 seconds on high. Like it's not, it's not, you know, first confess with lips. Okay. Jesus <laughs> is Check. Lord. Okay. Check. Step two, believe in my heart. And then you're sort of like the cowardly lion in the, uh, Wizard of Oz. I, I do believe. I do believe. I do. I do. I do. I do believe. You know, mustering up this sort. Yeah, it's not that. It's sort of both these things at the same time, and it's the work of the Holy Spirit in the heart of this repentant believer. Uh, yeah, that's why it says the word is near you yeah. and on your lips. And, I, but and, I, and like, the reason the word I, is Christ. And the reason I say that is because in the, a hyper individualistic way, we Americans tend to read it, uh, and that does. It, a lot of the de facto theology of the United States is sort of like, I, I, I decided to put my faith in Jesus and therefore I'm saved. And the reason I know it's true is because I really felt super Jesus-y. And that's my assurance of salvation. We've turned the, the, there's no more external sacrament. The sacrament that confirms the true hidden thing is my feelings. Yeah. And so this passage can be used to make it that way, like believe in your heart. Like that sounds like a feeling. And so, uh, but I think it's important to read this, uh, obviously, like all the scripture, in context uh, and in light of all the verses that Paul writes that are sort of God who has begun the good work and you will carry it on to completion. God is the one that does the action. And I think it's important to remember here how Paul describes God in this passage. The same Lord is Lord of all and what is his attitude? He is generous to all who call on him. So that means that flat rules out this idea that like, Okay, I've walked the aisle, I've got down on my knees, I've, I've, I've confessed with my mouth, and I have believed in my heart. And there, but, you know, the, people often do that, and then they have this sense like, oh, I didn't believe enough, or the feeling faded, and it must not have been real. No, 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 this passage, Paul says, reminds us, God is generous. And if you've called on him, like, God will do this work. Just like, again, and here's another thematic link, back to the Deuteronomy reading, the people of Israel called upon the Lord, said, help us, we're enslaved, and God heard their cry and rescued them. And he did it over and over again throughout that desert. So uh, I just want to mention that this is not some, as again, not some like pancake recipe formula for salvation. Um, and that if you don't do it right, like you're toast. It's, it's, a, yeah. it's a description of what happens in the heart that the Holy Spirit has enabled to, to confess and to put faith in God. In Christ, um, this is what it feels like. You confess with your lips and you believe in your heart. That is what it's like, and the emotions will wax and wane. And but this is what, it, and, it, and the emphasis is on God, the one who does the saving, not you who pull the magical lever of salvation to get into heaven. It's good. I could do this all day. So Luke chapter four verses one through thirteen. Here we have a uh, that. Traditional reading from our year C of Jesus being led out into the wilderness. And I think that's an important thing to begin is that after his baptism, uh, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, <laughs> returned from and the Spirit led him into the wilderness. Uh, the important thing to know about the wilderness is that just isn't like a desert place. This is a place of like uh, spirits and uh, like uh, a barren area that is like haunted by the devil, essentially. This is what it means. 
and uh, where there are trials and testings. And here you actually see on a number of levels Jesus functioning as the new Israel. This will be very important as we make our point about what this passage is actually about and how you should preach it. But um, uh, Jesus is the new Israel being led out into the wilderness for 40 days where he is now engaged in a real battle with the devil. And um, he ate nothing. And, uh, and at the end, that's when the devil shows up and, uh, and gives him three challenges, three tests. What do you think about this, Aaron? Uh, well, it's a dramatic passage. It's really exciting. Uh, it also, it, it just continues to show the reader how weird Jesus is, how different he is from what we'd expect. You know, this is just after his baptism, and you'd think that he would, um, now having been kind of crowned Messiah, he, he'll, he'll just go start kicking butt and taking over the Roman Empire. But instead, he goes into this really dark place, dark literally dark metaphorically and um and meets with the devil uh and the 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 way that this passage is often taught i've heard it taught this way is that again it's like a recipe book for how to resist sin and you know the it, it always boils down to some version of memorize scripture more and then quote it when you feel tempted yeah uh, Here are the three steps for how you can take on the devil when he meets you. You know what I mean? Right. First, remember, you don't live <laughs> by bread alone. Second, you got to really worship God like Jesus. You got to worship him. And then uh, don't put him to the test, whatever that means. You know, I mean, it's just, it's, yeah, it puts the onus all back on you and makes you the protagonist, which uh, is a killer. Yeah. It's a killer. And you miss the main point, which is Jesus here is doing exactly the thing that we cannot do, which is he is resisting the devil. He's resisting the temptation of his own human flesh. He is actually very hungry. He's very thirsty. He does actually want to show, like, he is the king of the world. He does exercise all dominion and authority. He, yeah. he, he does want to um, show the glory of God the Father. Like, all these things that the devil... Like, that's another important thing to remember. The thing that the devil tempts him with each time, they're actually not looking at porn or uh, going <laughs> to uh, eat another pizza after devouring two Godfather's pizzas. Yeah. and it, Or it's not gossiping about a neighbor or saying something really snarky on social media. These are not sins as we normally think of them. These are mm-hmm. power plays that the devil is trying to do. Uh, that we've Jesus. all failed at. Yeah, that we've all failed at. And here Jesus is uh, the one person who's able to resist all these things. And yeah. to um, this is yeah, this is first... where he begins to, to, or not where he begins, he's already sort of begun in his, well, <laughs> his whole existence. But this is him. And we always talk about Jesus gives his righteousness to us. He takes our sin and he gives us his righteousness. Like, this is where his righteousness comes from. That's right. In resisting the temptations of the devil. So he's doing this for us. So the point is not do this so you can be like Jesus. The point is, it's amazing that Jesus did this for you. Receive this gift. That's the idea. Yeah. Yeah, the, the the first temptation is 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 indeed like our cravings, the entire thing, you know what I mean? And every human does this, and we've all uh, bombed this. You know, satisfy your cravings right now. Uh, the second has to do with um, 
glory and uh, getting the glory before the, the cross, the crown before the cross. And uh, all of us have been tempted with that, and we've all tanked at that. And then the second one, and it's important to remember this, that it's after his baptism. What happens at his baptism? The dove descends upon him, and it says, this is my well-beloved son with whom I am well-pleased. Uh, so this isn't just, but this is like actually, uh, this isn't about just throwing yourself off a building. This is actually, did God really say? And this is the ultimate sin, because this takes it back to the garden, because that's actually what Adam and Eve were tempted with in the garden. Did God really say? And it's interesting here, Jesus, the second Adam, is facing the devil um, in the wilderness. Why? Because that garden has now been ravaged by sin and death and everything. This is the devil's dominion. And, uh, and, uh, and so, yeah, that is the point, is not here are three life tips for you, but here is finally, since Genesis chapter 3, when um, from the seed of the woman will come who will bruise the serpent's head, here is the one we have all been looking for. As a matter of fact, if you were to take on the devil by yourself, you remember uh, the curse of the snake was on your belly you shall eat dust. And then the curse to Adam and Eve is, is that you, are you were dust and to dust you shall return. So before the devil, if you're preaching that to your people, like, hey, try harder and use these three life tips, you are making your people uh, lunch for the snake, for the serpent. Mm -hmm. uh, rather, the point is, is that, thank God, finally has arrived the second Adam. And when the devil uh, approaches him at that opportune time, he will be finally defeated. Yeah. So, and if, uh, just as we wrap up here, I'd like to offer our listeners and Jake, you can add, take away, uh, edit any way you like here, but sort of a, a potential outline of how I would preach this passage. It's one of the things we heard from our listeners and our seeking feedback from you guys, just a little bit more nitty gritty, how to do this. I would begin this by talking about how, you know, Hey, it's Lent, maybe a happy, uh, maybe a little, a little, uh, humor in there about how, uh, is everybody, Hey, everybody having a great Lent? Uh, but I would just talk about the fact that I'd begin by saying we're in the desert. Lent is a time that we're in the desert, and we see this in all of our passages today, this idea of being in the desert. And you and I would name some concrete examples today, how we sort of feel we're in a desert, and the examples abound in terms of, you know, I don't know where there will be it, where there will be war between Russia and Ukraine by the time people listen to this, uh, but there's certainly the threat of it, and there's lots of armed conflict around the world. There's famine, uh, there is uh, emotional distress, there's all the stuff going on in our own lives. So we're all in the desert. Lent is a time that acknowledges the reality of the desert, but the way most people experience Lent is it's, okay, we're in the desert, so let's work hard to get out of it. And let's do these spiritual disciplines, double down, do something really hard and, uh, and impressive. But what these readings show us, and this is where I would kind of get into the passage, it's Jesus who does the, does the work for us in the desert. Um, the idea of Lent is not that we would find ourselves so strong and able to do things on our own but actually we'll find ourselves to be pretty weak. So if you fail your spiritual disciplines during Lent, good, because now you're in the place where you can be open to what Jesus might do for you. And in this passage, he does exactly that. And tie it back to the Romans reading and say, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everybody who fails Lent and says, I messed up, I need help, will be saved. Not 
everybody will be saved who completes the 40 days perfectly and comes out the other side of just a more, you know, hallowed person. So that's how I would end it. Uh, and that's how I would preach during Lent. Anything you would add to that besides your great turns of phrase and general wittiness, Jacob? No, I think I already basically said how I would preach it is that I would end it with just the same way you did. And I would really uh, drive home that here is uh, the new Adam, the one who is uh, gone to stand uh, uh, in in the face of the devil for you, for all of your failures, and um, will face him again in a garden, and uh, will be triumphant. And uh, that gospel is for you and for me as we move towards Easter. Preach it, Jake. Well, me and all my COVID viruses wish you uh, happy preaching. And uh, looking forward, listeners. To, Get well uh, soon, to Aaron. You. Thank you very much. Again, always, you can follow us on the social meds, SOS Mbird on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, you can slide up into those DMs. I hate that expression. I don't know why we can't just say, send me the message. Why do we have to slide hmm. up into them? I don't know. Sounds, I don't know. Sounds I don't dark. Either. Anyways. But My kids know. Re- they understand they, it. I don't. Yeah, all the teens. The teens and the teens. I'm an old one. Uh, so be in touch and uh, we, we're grateful for everything we hear from you guys and please uh, go ahead and register f- for the New York conference if you can and we look Absolutely. forward to seeing you there peace take it easy somebody's looking somebody cares somebody wonders what you're doing today you know we crucified him buried him but Thanks for listening to Same Old Song. Hope you found some gospel nuggets for the pulpit or for your life. If you like what you heard, leave a review or rating in Apple Podcasts. Dave Zoll will be sad if you don't. Thanks to TJ Hester for audio production. And remember to keep that Bible by your bedside ready to rock and roll.